0: I really don't think this door is going to hold long.
1: I think you're right. We need to find a way down from here.
0: That might have been a good idea when we were on one of the lower floors. Being at the top of this building might not be so easy. We don't have much time. You know, when you asked me to come out with you tonight, I thought we could do something fun, you know?
1: What did you have in mind?
0: Oh, see a movie maybe? Get a drink, listen to some music or something.
1: We just saw a show. Remember, Fist of Dishonour?
0: That was a week ago.
1: Believe it or not, I didn't plan on gaining the attentions of a group of trackers tonight.
0: So, they're vampires?
1: The worst type of vampire. They live only for the hunt. Why are they hunting me?
0: Could they be after me?
1: I don't think so. They seem focused on me. And quite determined, it seems, too. It's Disappointing, really. I did have something a little more elegant planned for this evening.
0: Such as what, exactly? There's
1: a Mozart recital in the park tonight. I thought you might enjoy it. Bit of a moot point now. I think we need to leave.
0: There are no fire escapes. Who the hell doesn't put a fire escape on top of a building?
1: Someone paying people to look the other way, I suspect.
0: So, how do we get down from here?
1: I have one idea. But I need to know if you trust me. Always. And hang on tight.
0: Uh, Byron, what are you doing?
1: The only thing that comes to mind. During my long life, I have endured a series of events that I truly loathe. the top of these is falling from a great height. Although I am able to heal almost any major wound, falling causes extreme damage to my body, so the healing process becomes extraordinarily painful, a bit like being reborn. Needless to say, I try to make a point of avoiding it, unless I really don't have any other options. Slowly, I position myself under Chris to shield her from what is about to happen. I promise you'll be safe.
0: I know. I trust you. Byron! Byron, are you alright?
2: Oh. Oh.
1: Felt better. At least wasn't from a plane this time
0: you took on the whole impact I didn't even get a scratch
1: good ah uh, that's what what I wanted uh,
0: there has to be something I can do to help
1: give me a moment oh really
0: oh really
1: hate this next
0: Are you all right?
1: Bit stiff. Can't complain, though. Come on. We need to get out of here. It won't take those trackers long to pick up my scent again.
0: Where do we go? Back to the tower?
1: No. They'll be on us long before we could get there. Need some place closer.
0: Wait, what about my apartment? It's not far from here.
1: Good thinking, Chris. Let's go.
3: They've gone.
0: I can see that, Nicholas.
1: But how did he escape, Eloise? There are no fire escapes
0: here. He cannot fly.
3: The Pale Man is well known for surprises and hidden talents, Cynthia. It's why we have been charged with his capture.
0: Yes, he is worthy prey. Cynthia, do you still have the scent? Yes, he is not far from us. His scent is quite tranquil. Like leaves fallen from a tree in autumn.
3: I can feel his thoughts. He seeks sanctuary not far from here, my sister.
0: Then we have him.
1: We did not walk to Chris's apartment so much as ran. Time was very much of the essence. Trackers are unlike any other vampire class. Once they have a scent, they will follow it from one end of the world to the other. Never giving up. Never letting go until their goal is achieved. But my more immediate problem is that trackers are also known to tear through anything that gets in the way of their target. Or anyone. Look. You've owed me a favor for some time, and I'm calling it in. Because you're the only one I trust enough to do this. No, I don't trust you at all. However, I'm in a bind here. Good. You have the address? And I'll see you soon.
0: I've locked all the windows and doors.
1: Good. If we're lucky, they won't be able to find me for a while.
0: Who did you call?
1: I was making some arrangements for protection
0: protection. Is it really that bad?
1: Yes. I won't stop until they've caught me. Worse, I'm vulnerable at the moment.
0: Because you had to repair your body. You said your abilities were finite at best.
1: Yes, I'm powerless at the moment. I haven't felt like this since the Isle of Dogs. I'm human for the moment. I can even feel my body aging.
0: Really? What's that be-
1: on my feet in an instant. Chris took up a defensive posture and leapt the invader. There were three in all. The tallest was an African male with a shaven scalp. He dressed like the other two in black leather. Chris lunged at him. In a fluid motion, he struck her with the back hand, sending Chris into a wall on the far side of the room. He collapsed to the ground unconsciously. Chris! The females descended upon me. I was able to duck and roll out of their grasp, but it would not be long before they had me. They were far too fast. I had to get to Chris. I had to know if she was alright. I did not make it two feet before they had me caught in iron grasp.
0: I'm disappointed. I had heard so much about the famed Paleman of Portland. I expect a better hunt out of you.
1: Look, if you're planning to kill me, then can we bypass the whole gloating thing? It really gets boring. Believe me, Byron, if we wanted you dead... I'd be dead already. Yeah, I've heard that one before, too. I do so hope you three are going to come up with some original material. So far, you're doing everything by the book.
0: Eloise, the girl's alive. But there is something odd about her. I do not believe her to be human. What is she, Byron? Uh,
1: just a house cleaner, not the best I've ever had, Bit too human if you know what I mean. I was thinking of trading her in. Do you need anyone? Very good at making coffee. Well, I say very good, but I mean not bad. Well, I say not bad. Can't we just kill him now and be done with it? Of course, you're not into coffee, are you? Being vampires, I imagine your beverage of choice is blood. Mind you, I've always wondered how you warm the blood up after it's been in a fridge for a while. Let me guess. Use a microwave, right?
0: I fear not, Nicholas. Our instructions were quite clear. We're to take him back
1: alive. Let's go. Any chance of a nice cup of coffee on the way? I'd murder for a decent cup. Be quiet. Nicholas slammed me in the back of the head. His fist was as hard as granite. Everything went dark after that.
3: Wake up. Mm -hmm. That... Sorry, doll. You got the wrong guy. Who, Who are you? Colin Tate. Byron called me tonight and asked me to come over. Looks like I missed the party.
0: Trackers found us. Where's Byron?
3: No idea. Thought you'd know.
0: We have to find him. You were supposed to protect him.
3: Not him, kid. Byron wanted me to protect you.
0: Me? I'm not the one they were after.
3: Hey, that's what he told me to do. Told me to come right over here and make damn sure nothing happened to you.
0: Don't take this the wrong way, but you're a human.
3: Yeah, and you're a blood drinker. Your point?
0: So, you know about vampires and everything that goes bump into the night.
3: I'm a hunter. It comes with a job. Was a time I used to put slugs into things like you.
0: Then why are you protecting me?
3: Long story. About five years ago, I was on a job. I was looking around a cemetery and I got attacked by a zombie and bitten. Still got the bite marks here.
0: Nasty. What did you do?
3: What do you think? I blew the damn thing's head off. Only way to take out zombies, blast the brain. But I was pretty screwed after that. Was getting ready to punch my own ticket when your boyfriend turns up and gives me these pills. Tells me to take one a day and it'll keep me from turning.
0: So in other words, you owe him and he called in the marker.
3: Yeah. You should feel grateful. Usually when I'm this close to a blood drinker, we ain't having a friendly chat.
0: I'm so touched. Now come on.
3: Whoa, where are you going? Byron told me to keep you here.
0: You'll find I have a habit of not doing what I'm told, and I'm not leaving Byron in the hands of those monsters. Now, are you coming?
3: Sure, but where are we going?
0: You're the hunter, Tate. You tell me.
1: Pain. It's the first thing I become aware of. My head throbs in great pain. For some reason, my wrist stings and burns. And I remember it. Chris lying injured and unconscious on the floor. Chris. My eyes snap open. I remember everything. It takes my eyes a few moments to focus on where I am. Most likely, I'm suffering from a concussion. New rule never provoke vampires into hitting me. It's like waking back in the Victorian age. Luxurious space with books lining the walls, elegant furniture, and gas-powered lamps illuminated the room. That's when I noted I cannot move. I've been chained to a stone crucifix that rises out of the room's center. Love what you've done with the place. Cross is a bit... maudlin, though, don't you think?
2: Oh, I don't know. I've heard you've been known to play the martyr at times.
1: The voice came to me from out of the darkness. Then slowly, he comes into the firelight. Like most vampires, he is a walking piece of art, beautiful with pale skin and long auburn hair that he keeps tied back. He has the appearance of a man in his early twenties. Although this is deceptive, he is most likely many decades older.
2: I've heard many tales about you, Byron. Believe nothing of what you hear and only half of what you see. I'm quite fond of Poe myself. My name is Edmund. Edmund Collier. Edmund? Are you the one who caused the riots a few weeks ago? A simple experiment. Nothing more. Where are your friends? They're hunting prey now. It is their hour to feed, after all. They will return once their hunger is satiated. This gives me a chance to speak with you. Alone. Oh, dear. Please tell me you're not going to go
1: by the numbers, too. I don't understand. You know, you've captured me, got me all tied up, then you boast about your agenda, and then turn some diabolical death ray on me while you go and grab a quick drink. Really, if we're going down this
2: path, can we just skip to the death ray now? It's been a long day. My dear Byron, what makes you think I want you dead? If anything, I want you to join me. There's a new one. Join you how, exactly? To usher in a new era for our kind. It took me some time to understand what you're doing in Portland. Then I started looking at what makes this city so attractive. New England is home of the witches and users of magic. While New York, Chicago? Well, they're predominantly ruled by my kind, vampires. New Mexico and Washington State? They're dominated by the Lycan clans then there's portland a city that caters to them all quite interesting wouldn't you say it does have a certain appeal that attracts many yes but it's not unique this has been done before that's when it came to me what you're really doing here you're trying to recreate what you did in rome admittedly on a smaller scale but your goal seems to be the same a city where all races meet and live together Of course, the human population doesn't know about this yet, but I imagine in time you would have had them learn. A noble goal. Too bad it will never work. You seem quite certain about that. I've learned from experience. I was like you once, naive enough to believe that one day all covens could live in peace with our human brothers. For a long time I even stopped feeding upon humans and only took nourishment from animals. So what changed? I fell in love. Annabeth was unlike anyone I'd ever encountered. They say love at first sight is an illusion, a myth. Something only poets write about, but when I first gazed upon her... But her father wouldn't allow it, couldn't allow it, he was part of a hunter's guild. In his eyes, I was nothing but a monster, something that should be exterminated. But Annabeth and I could not be kept apart. We ran off one night, and we were married. It was on that night I brought her over. You turned her into a vampire? Yes. I showed her how we could exist on animals as I had been doing. And for a time, I knew only Joy. Then her father found us. I take it he wasn't happy? He gave a new meaning to the word rage. His guild descended upon our home... And put torches to it. As it burned to the ground, I took Annabeth in my arms and we tried to escape, but we were trapped. Annabeth's father put a stake into my chest, believing this would kill me. That only works in myths. It did injure me greatly, though. I was too weak to stop what happened next. I watched in horror as Annabeth's own father killed her, it tore her apart, cutting her head from her shoulders. His men laughing all the while, as though this were some great sport. It was on that day I learned. We are not the monsters, Byron. Humanity is. They are unworthy of the life they have. What happened to Annabeth was horrible, I agree. However, not all humans are that way. Oh, some are quite noble. Nevertheless, as a species, they're simply animals. That's why Rome fell, Byron. You allowed humans to be part of it. It's why Portland will never work. I made mistakes in Rome, but
1: I learnt from them. But you utterly destroyed Rome. I... I had no choice. I couldn't let it go on like that. They had unleashed the...
2: I... I had to stop it. You understand that, don't you? I do, my friend. However, in the end, it was not vampires, witches, or even the lichen that forced your hand. It was the humans that unleashed the horror. They will do so again here in Portland. Your plan will never work so long as humans are part of it. Edmund, listen to me.
1: I know things no one else does. A darkness is coming.
2: Unless we all learn to unite together, none of us stands a chance against it. If there is a darkness coming, then we will stand against it. Not humankind. Their time is coming to an end. Then, we are at an impasse. I cannot allow you to harm humanity. You're hardly in a position to stop me. Your abilities are gone at the moment. How... How did you... I have learned much about you, Byron. Your agenda is not the only thing that I've made a point to study. At the moment, you're quite like them. You're human. You're vulnerable. I could easily kill you, but that would not serve me. Tell me. How does your arm feel?
1: I'd been so distracted by Edmund that I had not noticed the burning in my wrist for some time. Now that I did, I could tell it had gotten worse. A lot worse.
2: It was spreading up my arm. Do you know how vampires are born, Byron? Some believe it's from our blood, but it's not. Believe it or not, it comes from our mouths. Our teeth, in a way. It's a potion that reworks a person's genetic makeup. Once it passes through the whole body, a new creature is born. Nevertheless, it is a painful process. A slight burning sensation that grows worse with every passing moment until it feels like your whole being is on fire. What have you done to me? What I had to do. I'm turning you into a vampire. No. You can't. I'm not a human. You are at the moment. Once you've turned, you will not be able to go back to what you were. Ever. You'll be just like me. We will be brothers, Pirate. Edmund, don't do this. It's too late to stop it now. I am sorry I must force you to go through this, my friend, but it is the only way. I will see you again in the evening. Then perhaps you'll understand what I'm doing, why we must work together. Edmund, let me go. Edmund!
1: Edmund! Edmund!
2: You have been listening to the Byron Chronicles, Season Two, Episode Three, Autumn Twilight, written by Eric Busby. Featured in the cast were Cookie Coletti as Eloise, Elaine Barrett as Cynthia, Bruce Busby as Nicholas, Jules Ismael as Colin Tate, Melissa D. Johnson as Chris Sparrow, and David Alt as Byron. Music performed by Midnight Syndicate. The Dogs of Vapor by Bauhaus. Sacrifice by Lisa Girard. The Byron theme is composed and performed by Kai Hartwig. This episode was produced and directed by Eric Busby. Audio design by Eric Busby. This has been a Darker Projects production. This has been a Darker Projects production. Visit us on the web at www.darkerprojects.com.